I was able to implement a lot of the race tactics that I wanted to. I ran a really smart race. So even though I didn't PB, I was over the moon just because I raced the way I wanted to race. Not only was I physically fit, I was mentally fit for that race. Change doesn't come from self-loathing, it comes from self-love. That was Angela Machocha, and this is episode 143 of the Inspired Souls podcast. Hi, I'm Carolyn, and I'm a roadrunner. And I'm Kim, and I'm a trail runner. Welcome to our podcast, where we bring the communities of trail and road running together and explore the parallels between running and life. Angela Machocha is a soon-to-be 48-year-old master's runner from just outside of Montreal, Quebec. On May 27th, she competed in the elite field of the Ottawa 10K, which also served as our Canadian Championships. Alongside Olympians and international level athletes, Angela was proud to be the oldest runner in the field and one of only eight women over the age of 40. Not only did she win her 45 to 49 age group and finish six master, she also ran a really smart race in the 30 degree heat to finish only about 30 seconds off her personal best in a time of 39 minutes and 19 seconds. Last October during the Chicago Marathon, Angela ruptured her plantar fascia and was forced to drop out around the 29 kilometer mark. Devastated, she left the Windy City on crutches and in a boot just two weeks before her wedding to her best friend and coach, Bruce Raymer. She maintained her aerobic fitness in the pool and on the elliptical, but it took working with a psychologist to come to a place of forgiveness within herself for even towing that start line in the first place. We had a fascinating discussion on the mental side of the sport, including self-compassion and self-love. Angela is a mom of two teenage boys, one of whom is on the autism spectrum. She's also undergoing a career change that's had her studying five hours a day over the past five months to become a real estate agent. We hope you enjoyed this jam-packed episode with Angela Machocha. Okay, well, welcome to the show, Angela. It's so exciting to have you with us. Thank you so much for having me. So excited to be here. Oh, we are so, I was just telling you before we hit record, I am very excited to interview. I've been like a kid in a candy store all day long. (laughs) So excited for this. Thank you. And a little background for the listeners. Angela just competed in the elite field of the Ottawa 10K, which served as our Canadian National Championships on May 27th, which at the time of this recording was just over a week ago. And that field was about, there was about 40 people in the field? We were 42. 42. 42. And there were eight masters in the field, meaning 40 years of age or older. And you were the oldest of the eight in the field. And you came sixth in... 3919 yeah. which was only about 30 seconds off your personal best is that yeah, right about about that yeah okay how did you do that because here's the other thing about that race it was a bazillion degrees so hot. it was it was so hot suddenly <laughs> like, it was just cuz it was, was it? suddenly was it so hot 30 uh tw- 28 it felt like 30 oh, but i think yeah, i think it was that's, 28 that's... But full sun, like that was the thing about it is that they're especially coming back like in the second half, it was, there was no break from the sun. It was just beating down on us. It was, (laughs) yes. (laughs) So how, 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 how did you do so well in that heat? Uh, Well, I generally run okay in the heat, especially when I'm acclimated, but I wasn't. I worked on on my nutrition beforehand, my hydration. So that, that was all set for sure. I stuck with it as long as I could. Mm-hmm. So I was I, I was okay until 7K. And then I started to struggle and I started to slow. Yeah. And it was just so hot. 
you know, my mouth was all pasty. It was, it was just, I know, right. There's like, where's the water? Somebody give me some water. Yes. Yes. Um, But I hung on, I hung on as, uh, as much as I could. What we've also been working on that. So for a month before Ottawa, uh, Bruce and I, that's mainly what we worked on. Just getting to that very uncomfortable space and mm-hmm. staying there and staying there and embracing it and just like you know just sit ah. just sit just sitting with it and it, mm-hmm. it's it worked so I'm really really happy that we I did some pretty I did five five really grueling workouts in the month in the month leading up to it that Ottawa race weekend I don't know if you've ever done it before but it's I've done it a bunch of times and that's pretty classic like it's the very first day of the whole year where it's hot and it's yeah. really hot I wish it was sooner in the month. Yeah, I think it used to be way back in the day. It was more around Mother's Day. And then the Tulip Festival came in too. Right. Tulips aren't as resilient as runners, I guess. Tulips need. I don't know. I don't know. But I mean, like, if we would have raced that five, six days before, it would have been fine. Oh, yeah. It was like, I mean, we had frost here the week before the race. There was Isn't snow. Wild. Like, yeah, yeah, some of my plant, some of my flowers I planted um, died because of the frost. And then a week later, it was 30 degrees. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what? That's racing, isn't it? Yeah. Like when at the end of the day, it's you against your competitors and yeah. you were, you were in. So I'll, I'll just set the stage a little bit more like there, these 40 or 39 women, elite women. And, and I have a question about how you even got yourself on the start line of this race, but you all went off about 15 minutes before everybody else. So yes. you, you had your own like TV coverage and like how, first of all, how did you get in that race? How did you find yourself on the elite lineup? And what was it like being in that race with the best of the best in Canada? The best of the best. Yeah. Um, well, it was my, it's my second year in a row uh, in the elite field. So uh, you have to qualify. So I do have the times to um, what to was back the it. time? Uh, the t- my PB is thirty eight forty eight, but then they ask you for like your five k time or your half your half marathon time, and yeah, and it, you know it's overwhelming. You know it can be right. Mm-hmm. So I I did a lot better this year than I did last year with all all of it, just because it's so like oh my goodness, look where I am. Look yes. who I'm on the start line with. This is incredible, you know. And yes. you know, a lot of these ladies are my running idols, like you know, right. um, especially the pros. So um, I think it's important just to stay focused. Like there's a lot going on, you know. So I was really, I was really good this year at staying present, staying focused. I deserve to be here. I earned my spot here. Mm-hmm. Cause I had a little mm-hmm. bit of trouble with that last year. A little bit of imposter syndrome going on. Um, and I said, I'm going to run the best race that I like that I can today, you know. So I was able to implement a lot of the race tactics that I wanted to. I ran a really smart race. So even though I didn't PB, it, it, I was over the moon just because I raced the way I wanted to race. Now, was that hard? Because I would have, I would imagine with a, an elite field like that, that they all just go off really quick. Like, was it hard to let them go in the beginning? No, because I'm very good at pacing myself. I run mm-hmm. by feel. I don't have to mm-hmm. look at my watch. So I know what 345 per kilometer feels like. Right. Yeah. And of course, I know they're going to go off. They're faster than, <laughs> it's, right. you know, that's fine, you know. So the, for my first kilometer was a little hot, but then I, you know, I dialed it back and I was, I was on pace. I was, you know, so it's really, I was hitting every, every split until that seventh kilometer. And then I started yeah. to slow. I just couldn't get, <laughs> I couldn't, yeah. Yeah. 
Well, maybe it was an advantage in a way then if you're like, well, I don't even belong up with these, like with Natasha Wodak, like you have no business running with Natasha Wodak from the, the get go. Right. So in a way it's easier to let her go. And, and oh, of course. Go. I mean, yeah. I mean, well, that's, she has her pace and I have mine. I mean, it's just, yeah, that's just yeah, how it yeah. is. You know, it's not, it's not really a matter of belonging. It's just, that's just the way it is. You know, we yeah. all, you know, yeah. I love how matter of fact you are. You're just like, no, I know what it feels like. That's the way it yeah. is. And and that's great. It's very freeing, probably. Well, it's fact. I mean, it's not. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, I mean nothing. obviously, yeah. I'm, I don't run at her pace. I mean, you know. Yeah. Now, did you, so you're, you're speaking to this a little bit last year, you had a bit of imposter syndrome this year, not as much. And I think Mm -hmm. I read somewhere in uh, over on your Instagram about, um, I'm no longer held back by insecurities, imposter syndrome, irrational fears. Is that something that you just came to with age or is something that you worked on? Oh, no, no. I worked, I worked on it. I worked with a I was say mental fortitude mindset, if you want to say coach from Albuquerque, New Mexico. Mm-hmm. His name is Jose Mazerma. Can't pronounce his last name. Uh, I worked with him for a year, uh, did me wonders. And then in January, post um, Chicago, I hired uh, a psychologist, a local psychologist here. Her name is Lisa Brookman. She's fantastic. Mm-hmm. She's like a powerhouse of a woman. And I said, okay, we're going to start working together. It was January. And I said, you have until April to get me mentally fit. Like if you read my, my post after Ottawa, I was very, I were, not only was I physically fit, I was mentally fit for that race. More mentally fit than, and like I've been ever. Now, what does that mean to you? Uh, it means, so just being, again, staying present, having a mantra, going into the race, in the race, mm-hmm. you know, taking my place, like I deserve to be here. I worked hard mm-hmm. to be here. I earned mm-hmm. my spot, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, also just being more kinder to myself. So I think we mm-hmm. tend to think that in order to uh, perform well or do well, or I don't know, achieve something, we have to be like hard on ourselves. So I, I reversed mm-hmm. it. I, a lot of self-compassion self-love uh-huh. and it changed it yeah, changed everything everything I mean I think I really think it's like one of the secrets her. to everything agreed yeah because I, I yeah I grew up being very hard on myself and I can be mm-hmm. very hard on myself so uh I just I flipped that table and it made all the difference mm-hmm. made all the difference in many aspects of my life well, that's okay. Cool. Well, Great we need to, to get yeah. her number. Self-compassion, <laughs> self-love, ladies, self-love. I know it's cliche, yes. but it is really like, you know, change doesn't come from self-loathing. It comes from self-love. Yeah. And so I would imagine that even when you have tools to to work with it, like negative voices still come up, Of course, up, right? but I shut, so I shut them down you... now. I'm like, no, yeah. not today. Sorry. Yeah. No, yeah. it's not happening. Okay. Ain't happening. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> or I flip it with a with a positive, something with a positive. Or, or I'll say, like, what I've been saying to myself a lot leading up to the race is, like, so I went through a lot leading up to Chicago and then the injury. And then I, you know, we can talk about it a little bit later, but I spent the last the past six years, like, transforming my entire life. I got divorced. I got remarried. I have a son on the autism spectrum. I moved twice. Anyway, a whole bunch of things. I changed career. So it's, like, I really look at things now, like, there's no way that after all that amazing things are not going to happen. 
Like there's there, like uh-huh. there's just no way. And I got that from Mel Robbins. I'm sure you you ladies know who she is. Mm-hmm. And she and I play that on repeat over and over and over. Like there's just no way. Right. Oh, I love this so much. Okay. So just back to the race. Um, again, I mentioned that you are the oldest person on the start line at age 47. I was very proud of that. Yes. And you're turning 48 in July. So did that, um, you're very proud of it. So that speaks to that you're, that excites you. Oh yeah. Um, my question was going to be, does that, did that intimidate you? Did that excite Excite. you both? No, I wasn't intimidated. No, I was excited. I was proud. I'm like, I'm representing. Yeah. 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 As you should be. Great. Oh, that's so good. Now. And then, um, you, did you end up, you know, you're rubbing shoulders with all these, you know, (laughs) Olympians and and national champions and all this kind of stuff. Did you have any, any memorable interactions with anybody, um, on the start line or afterwards? Uh, let me think not with the pros, uh, but a few like local runners from Quebec. And, and it's nice because every time, every time I go, every time I see these ladies, you know, I'll, you know, we get more and more friendly, you know? So, yeah, so some of them I've saw I've seen like two or three times already. One one thing. So at the seventh kilometer, because I, 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 after six and a half, seven, I was just running alone. So it's like, oh my goodness, these long this long stretch of like there's no one to chase, no one like just no one, just nothing. So um, and then all of a sudden I saw Sasha Golish, and she was it was obvious she wasn't racing. So I'm like, okay. Mm-hmm. So she was um, on the side of the road and she looked like she was waiting for somebody. And it was so nice. She's like, go, Angela, go. I'm like, oh my God, she said my name. <laughs> but then, but then uh, up, up on my right side, so, uh, a woman, I don't know who she was, uh, ran up in, in front of me and passed me, but it, it seemed like Sasha was waiting for her. So then she paced her. Okay. They were, she was pacing her. I have no idea who she was. Maybe she's an athlete that she trains. I have no idea. <laughs> so then I was, I was running behind them. I'm like, yes, <laughs> someone to chase, I'm, I'm, someone to chase, but not only that, I'm running behind Sasha. Go- <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, I'm chasing Sasha Golish. So, and I wish, I wish like if there was just one, I don't want to say mistake, uh, that I made, like, I, sh- I wish I could have kept up with them, mm-hmm. but I, 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 could, I couldn't. So yeah. I, my pace, and, but, but my pace didn't slow any more than it was already slowed. So yeah. that's okay. Yeah. But I wish, and then they ran off, they ran off and then I was alone again. Okay. So, so I just, anyway, that, that moment stands out just cause she's so awesome. So. Yeah. Yeah. And well, and that 7k stretch of any 10k is always hard, but that particular that one, like you know what I mean, right? It's yes. all along the canal. Yes. I'm like, Oh my God, I'm just looking at the canal. The sun is beating down on me. I was like, mm-hmm. yeah. And then and not gets, a soul, a soul in sight. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's, and I have to wonder, is that like, I think in the in the bigger race, right? Because I was in the the main the main race, and there was you know there's lots of people around. But when you're you find yourself alone in a field of only you know 39 people, it's it's not realistic that you know you're going to catch anyone, and, and probably no one's going to catch you. So mentally, again, that's where you're drawing. It's on. harder. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. yeah. So I just keep you know I keep more on my watch, mm-hmm. like during that time, you know, and. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I, I I still have to work on that. I'll have to get better at that though. Yeah. It'll come. <laughs> so yeah. on that note, like you started 15 minutes before the men. So I can see the benefits of that, right? Um, not getting lost in the, you know, the highlights of all the men, but 
maybe would you have preferred to be running with more people and men? Or like, did you, I guess my question no, is, did you like starting no, sooner or not? No, I liked it. I liked it the way it was. Yeah, it was fine. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, on a personal note, I always find that when you get onto the Queen Elizabeth Drive, like that last kilometer of the course, there's so many spectators at that point, And you're just kind of mm-hmm. like weaving around. And I think every time I run that course, I'm like, oh, this it's just right around this corner. The finish line is like, no, it's not. It's not. Did you find that too? Or is that just me? Mm, I found it more last year. This year I was okay. Because I was just like, oh, where are those cheers? Yeah. Where's that crowd? <laughs> so, you can hear the yeah. announcer too, right? Yeah, the announcer. Yeah. yeah. No, I was okay. And I, I knew the course better this year. Mm-hmm. So I kind of knew where everything was. So I was nothing was a surprise. Okay. No. All right. Great. Yeah. Well, congratulations. That was such Thank a well-run race and uh, such a special thing to be part of. And you made us so proud. So first first woman in the 45 to 49 age category. Now, here's a funny story. So the way that they list the results, yeah. <laughs> they take very the elite confusing. women out of it, like for the regular people. And so I ended up quote, winning my age group um, in the results, right? Yeah. But the elites of which I know there was you and at least one other, that Anna, Laura, she was in the 45 to 49 age category. There may have been others. I'm not sure. So technically- it It was just the two of us. Was it, it was just, just okay. Anna, Anna and I? Yeah. Okay. So I had put that on my Instagram of like, and I won my age category or whatever. And then your husband, who's also your coach, kindly <laughs> corrected me, which I I totally appreciate because I knew I knew you were in the race and I knew Anna Laura was in the race. So I I knew I didn't win, but the way that it was listed. But it's there, really not well. It isn't. It <laughs> isn't. And so I guess then technically, are you confirming that I came third? <laughs> Yes. Okay. So you won the 45 to 49 age category. That is just absolutely amazing. Congratulations to you. Thank you. But you're running like two and a half minutes in a 10K faster than I am. Like we're not even in the same stratosphere. Don't go there. Do not minimize. You guys are not compare. Awesome. Yeah. Anyway. Yes. now, on another note, you've you've kind of mentioned this a couple of times that Ottawa was so special to you because it was actually the first race that you had run back since your injury where you tore your plantar fascia yeah. uh, in the middle of the Chicago Marathon last fall. The 29th kilometer, yeah. The 29th kilometer, and you were on pace for definitely a sub three and maybe even a sub 255 in that marathon. Yeah. So tell us a little bit more about that injury and then, again, help to put that in the context of just how special Ottawa was for you. Okay. Just to clarify though, I did run a half marathon in Montreal in April, Okay, but it was just like a get my feet wet yes. race. Gotcha. So just, just, so, yeah, yeah. Uh, I didn't race it. So uh, my build for Chicago went really well. Uh, it was quite the journey, you know, as marathon training plans are, uh, especially Bruce's builds. A lot of mileage, right? I've never run so much in my life, you know, type of thing. <laughs> what were you running, so, by the way? Like, what would be a lot of per, mileage per week? For you? Mm-hmm. Per week, uh, 130 and a bit more kilometers a week. Wow. Yeah. Um, that's apart from pool running and mm-hmm. a bit of elliptical. Yeah. So my build went really well, and we did one big last workout, which went exceptionally well. And then four days after that big, big workout, I don't know. I had this like I had pain in my foot. I'm like, ah, what is that? You know, I'm like, oh, okay, it's nothing. It's probably just, you know, that last big workout I pushed, you know, mm-hmm. but it wasn't going away. 
So to be safe, it was taper time. Mm-hmm. So they took me off my feet. I say they, my physio and, and Rose. And, you know, I got into the pool. So I did, I, you know, pool running. Um, run, I was still running, but not obviously not as much. There's tapering. Mm-hmm. And then as the days went by, I felt better and better and better. But there was, you know, women, my intuition, I guess. Uh, no, I know, not I guess. Um, was telling me, I don't know, you know, there's something. There's, I don't feel like, you know, 100%. But so we were, and they're only real, like looking back, the only real way to know is if I would have had a scan, you know, right. but the pain wasn't, it went away. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and I thought my physio was like, well, you could have a micro tear, maybe a little, you know, or irritations because my feet do get irritated, but you know, you're, you're good to go. Mm-hmm. So I got, I went to Chicago and I don't know, I, even then I knew I got, I went on the plane and I got there and I wasn't, I wasn't myself, you know, I don't know. Maybe I just knew. So, and I contemplated like not going, 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 you know, but I didn't, you know, it's this whole thing about, you don't want to disappoint people. I didn't want to disappoint myself. Everything I put into it, the sacrifice, the blood, sweat, tears, the money, you know, everything. So we went and uh, I started running. I was okay for about 10 K and then I started to have pain and the pain just increased and increased, increased. I got to the half, halfway mark. I PR'd my half. And I, I just, it was just so heartbreaking because I felt so fantastic. Yeah. Like really fantastic. Like I was even at the 29th kilometer, like I still wasn't, wasn't, I was still wasn't tired. Yeah. So that made it, made it also heartbreaking. But by, so between 22 and 29, the pain really increased. So Mm -hmm. I should have stopped, but Mm -hmm. I didn't. I saw Bruce on the course at the 29th kilometer and he saw I was like, beside myself and he it was almost like I not that I needed him to tell me to get off but I don't know it was like an angel appeared I don't know and he was like get off you're done like you're done mm-hmm. you're done and I just uh yeah I broke down it was awful I, di- I didn't know what if it was a tear then I thought maybe I fractured I had a fracture on my heel I had no idea mm-hmm. is that where so, the pain yeah. was showing up for you right at the heel or yeah and the heel yeah <clears throat> yeah. Were you able to still run normally at this point or were you limping quite a bit? Oh, at that point I was limping. Yeah. yeah between oh, yeah. like 25 and 29. K- yeah, I was limping. <clears throat> it was awful. Mm-hmm. They took exceptionally great care of me. I was a uh, medic came and then the ambulance came and then they took me to the medic tent. A psychologist came to talk to me. Like they're, they're so, they look, wow. no, they're so equipped. They're so equipped. Eh? Cause it took so long for Bruce. Um, cause I was able to go into the medic area and the ambulance, but Bruce wasn't. So he had to go back to the hotel and get our stuff. And so I was alone for, I don't know, it almost took us two, three hours mm-hmm. to see each other again. And then he came to get me at the medic tent. Mm-hmm. Now yeah. you said that, so you, you came home on crutches in a boot. Crutches. Oh, I was awful. And I still didn't know. I still didn't know what was wrong. And our wedding was in two weeks, by the way. Right, right. This is all last fall, like yeah, yeah. It was just October awful. October eighth, right? Oh, Wasn't right. Yeah, our wedding. Yeah, we got married October twenty second. So I'm like, okay, can't walk down the aisle. What's gonna happen anyway? So yeah, so I came home. I was able to get a scan, an MRI, two days later, which confirmed a fifty percent plantar fascia tear. Which is, I don't know, is it better than a fracture? I don't know. Mm. What was the like? How long did they have you off? Was it eight weeks? Eleven. 11 weeks. But yeah, uh, I was just going to say from my knowledge, like connective tissue will take a, a while. Yeah. Well, yeah, soft tissue is it's tough. It's yeah. very tough Especially to fascia. heal. I mean, there's very poor You have blood to be supply. very careful. No yeah. blood supply. That's right. Yeah. So, in less than a week I was back in the pool. I didn't want to go. 
I cried the first time in front of the pool oh. in, the, in my car before going in. But, you know, I always say I, I heal best through movement. I've mm-hmm. always been like that. And I believe that's true, even for um, serotonin and your mood and your endorphins. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So there I was back in the pool. And then Bruce <laughs> got me an, an elliptical for my wedding present. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <So> true love. <laughs> true love no I did it is for me it was the best wedding present ever forget diamonds so um yeah so there I was 11 weeks spending no joke two to three hours in the pool running wow and two to three hours on the elliptical like on my instead of like a long run day we do three hours on the elliptical or three hours in the pool so how did your mind handle that? Like staring uh, at the same thing for so some many hours. Days. <laughs> but you know what? I like looking back now, obviously when you're in it, you're like, this is just goddamn awful. Um, but then looking back, you really just have to, I tell people like you got to focus on what you can do. Like, thank God I can pool mm-hmm. run. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, thank God I have this pool and like I can, and I actually love the pool. I'm not one, like I also pool run when I'm not injured. So wow. for me, it's not, yeah, I don't, yeah, I love it. I think it's so, it's so great. I don't know why more people don't do it. Um, and I was able to maintain an incredible amount of fitness, even with the elliptical, you'd be surprised. Amazing. And Bruce kept, Bruce kept telling me, you'll see, you know, you think you're doing this for nothing and it's garbage and whatever, but you'll <laughs> see once we transfer you back on the road, it'll be, and it was, he was right. It took, mm-hmm. I mean, like the neuromuscular connect, you know, connection had to happen and the turnover of the legs, but mm-hmm. the fitness was, was there. Amazing. I just needed, you know, a good another month on the road and I was good to go. That's so what great. was the most challenging part of that time? You said your, your mental health took a beating yeah. then. Um, what was it specifically that was so challenging? That I, I had to forgive myself because I knew I shouldn't have run that race. Okay. So is this something you worked with your psychologist on? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about that. We haven't talked about forgiveness a lot on this podcast, but I think it's a huge part. Like you mentioned, self-compassion, self-compassion before, but forgiveness, forgiveness is kind of goes hand in hand with that too, right? Because you're, you may have been thinking, oh, I shouldn't have, you know, I knew better and I have all this, you know, knowledge. Knowledge and, and I have five people that take care of me. To, yeah, and, yeah. Yeah. And, and so how did you kind of come to terms with that and, and accept and forgive yourself? Well, I slowly started to turn my mindset around, you know, because we have this thing, you know, like even the word comeback, like I don't really like that word. Like I never went anywhere, you know, at least to help, at least to help me realize that like you're the same amazing runner, person, mom, wife, friend, whatever that you were before the, before you tore your plan to fashion. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, this whole thing about comeback, like, yeah, I think it's, there's a negative tone to it. It can be, but I get what people say, like, you know, people will are saying now, like, oh, what an amazing comeback. I get it, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm grateful for that. Um, so I just started to think to myself, well, you know, you did the best that you knew yeah. then. Yeah. And now you know better. And everybody yeah. makes mistakes and it's not the end of the world. And even like, you know, I have a great team of people that take care of me and support me, but they're human too. And, mm-hmm. you know, in the end, in the end, I know my body best. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And that's where the forgiveness probably came in, that's right? Where the forgiveness because you came have in. the ultimate say of, of whether you did or yeah. didn't run that race, right? Yeah. And then I was thinking to myself, okay, what's the lesson here? Because there's always a lesson, right? Like everything, and anything, like there's mm-hmm. always a lesson. That's so true. I started to more, to focus more on the lessons. I'm like, okay, what's going to, what am I going to do differently going forward? Mm-hmm. What has to change? Because if I'm going to continue to run and train at this level, well, this, this, and this, and this mm-hmm. has to change. And that's okay. Because I do, I do think 
believe, not that I think, I believe that these things happen for, they do happen for a reason. I know it's cliche, mm-hmm. but it's to wake you the hell up to something yes. that either you should be doing, not doing, or you should be aware of or something. Yeah. Yep. So that's, that's, and, and I would not be in the mental space I am now, which is amazing if I did not tear this foot. Right. Yep. <laughs> you leveled up. So sometimes I actually like thank my foot. Anyway, it's, it's crazy. But if you do a whole bunch of research on how like talking to your body and talking to your cell, they actually do respond to everything mm-hmm. you're saying. So that's why I tell people stop, stop with the negative self-talk, stop with the, like the mm-hmm. negative record. Cause your body is hearing everything it's yes. you're saying. Yes. Yes. And I love that because it's, you're speaking to this concept of, of the questions we ask ourselves are really important. So instead of like, why is this happening? Oh, poor me. Like, why, yeah. why did no, this no, happen no. to me? Uh, no, what's the lesson me. here? What, what yeah. is this trying to, like, how is this trying to get my attention? Like, what do I need yeah. to do differently? Those are the better questions. And it sounds like uh, you, you began to ask those and you're probably so much more in tune with your body after it, going through that. Oh, right? yeah. Well, you know, further to this, I was just chatting about this the other day. Those books, The Surrender Experiment and um, Untethered Soul, Michael A. Singer that I've read like four times each. Mm -hmm. And he really puts that spin on instead of the look at the positives, which to me is so cliche and to me negative. I just can't. uh, Let's look at the bright side. Yeah. (laughs) I was going to say, yeah, toxic positive. Yeah. He says, try to think, what would this situation look like if I actually wanted it? And I started looking at certain circumstances and I'm like, it's always easier in, in retrospect, right? Of <laughs> but what did this like, situation... Like, do you mean, do you mean like if you willed it to happen? Yeah. Like what if I... Well, oh yeah. My osteopath said the same thing to me. Yeah. She, he's like, you, you made this happen. Yeah. Oh, yeah we, you know, we do hear. manifest certain things, right? And sometimes we orchestrate the little quits for the big quits subconsciously or whatever, right? Yeah. But you know what it is, this, this situation, if you look back you needed a break, you needed a reset, you needed to deal with your headspace in a different way. And look what it gave you, right? So Hmm. yeah, just different ways of spinning that. It's not Mm -hmm. a comeback. It's a a continuation. Continuation. Exactly. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. And now we did a whole episode on DNFs and just sort of like the mental yes. side of a DNF. Oh. Did you have anything to add there? Like how uh, oh, long did it push you to come to terms? Like you said, you needed Bruce to sort of pull you off the course. Like you knew deep down, but you needed him to to really give you that permission. Well, I, I was going to, I knew that I was going to stop anyway. Mm-hmm. It's just, um, uh, there was no way. I, I don't think I would have made it another kilometer after that. Mm-hmm. I think he caught me at the right, right time. But yeah, the whole DNF thing. I mean, yeah, it's it's awful. But yeah, it happens. It does. And it's okay. It's okay. Well, and you, you had know, no it's choice. Okay. There was one, there was no decision making there. <laughs> I had no choice. Yeah. And um, yeah. And I think it's easy to, you know, impart wisdom when everything's going great and look at, look at me and look what I did and here's how I did it and stuff. But I think you actually connect with people better when you share the struggles and when you're shared of the course. hard times. So did you have people reach out to you? Like how were people with you during that time supportive? Did you? Uh, some people were, f- <laughs> were afraid to reach out to me. No, I, I'm very selective. At, uh, I'm actually an introvert. I have to be ready to talk about things, you know, so uh, Bruce is my biggest supporter. So thank goodness for that. Uh, I had Jose, like I said, in Albuquerque, my physio, uh, my team, like the people on my team. But other than that, because I had the wedding, right? So this is a big chunk Mm -hmm. of like 
you know, yeah. I had this wedding. I had my wedding in two weeks. Yeah. So that was like, it was very, yeah. So I kind of had to hold it together. I actually fell apart more after the wedding <laughs> just because I had to make it to that day. And it was a beautiful, amazing day. So yeah. uh, we taped my foot really tight. He actually, yeah, supported my arch. So I was able to walk down the aisle. So that was nice. That was great. We've been talking about Bruce now. So Bruce is your husband. You got married in in the fall, in October, actually on my son's 15th birthday, by the Aww. way, October 22nd. But how did the two of you meet? Like describe him to us because he's an accomplished athlete in his own right. So how did the two of yeah. you uh, meet? Well, I had the same coach for six years prior and uh, we parted ways, 2020, early. And I was looking for a new coach. So I literally, I literally just Googled uh, running coaches, Canada, like I just, you know, and he was the first one that came up. And so I found him. And then as you know, of course you go on Instagram and social media and you start creeping the person, you know, creeping, but you know, okay, what's this person about, you know, who, who, researching, who, who does he train? (laughs) Who does he, you know? And I said, yeah, this might be a good fit, you know? So I sent him a first initial like email and then we, uh, we spoke on the phone for a lengthy time. We clicked instantly. And then we became coach athlete. I hired him as my coach. Uh, everything changed, which in a positive way, meaning that because his methodology is, was so different from what I was used to. Uh, so we completely flipped the tables on everything. Mm-hmm. Not that one is better than the other, or you know, it's just that his methodology, his way of doing things just now I see fit me, fit me better. Mm-hmm. And I had to learn a lot, but I had to like unlearn a lot too. Does that make sense? Uh, mm-hmm. Can you give us an example? What was the biggest switch from your old coach to Bruce? Well, uh, so Bruce's methodology is uh, we do a lot of mileage, a lot of slow running, <laughs> run slow to run fast. Isn't mm-hmm. that the same? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then this, the speed work is kind of, we say it's like sprinkled, you know, here yep. and there. Yes. Uh, he loves pool. He's a big proponent of pool running. Uh, so am I, um, yeah, so it's just very different, very different. Like, uh, my, my, my easy runs had to be slowed down a lot. Yes. What would you, okay. Can you say this again louder for the people in the back? (laughs) I'm always like banging on about doing your easy days easy. So for context, like you're racing a 10 K in, in sub four minute kilometers, what would you be doing an easy day at? Pace wise. So my easy runs are anywhere from 505 per kilometer to 525. Mm-hmm. Which would be very easy for you. Yeah. Yeah. Carry on a conversation. Mm-hmm. That's it's, it's, we call it conversation pace. Mm-hmm. Like I, we don't, we don't go into like analytics and start looking at, you know, numbers and I just, if I can carry on a conversation, I'm good. Yeah. I know. Yeah. I yeah. know my easy pace. Yeah. 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 And then we fell in love. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, as the months went by, as the, yeah, as the months went by, not right away. You know, before we record, hit record, we were talking about how you can find out so much about people online now and Google and look, you, we can even find a spouse, a coach and a spouse. Just Google. <laughs> you don't need Tinder and match. <laughs> Just Google. No, but we're, um, we're best friends and we have an, an profound respect and admiration for each other mm-hmm. as athletes and as people. So yeah. Well, I would imagine that there's like I coach my husband and I would like in a lot of ways it's it's really quite easy. <laughs> like I love coaching yeah. him and he I think he likes being coached by me. Oh, that's fantastic. Um, and there's so much like dialoguing that can happen like at the dinner table and when you're out for a walk and stuff like that. So in many ways mm-hmm. there's advantages. And then 
I know some people hear that I coach him and say like, oh, I could never be coached by my spouse. So we're very, very good at compartmentalizing. Uh, so like we don't talk about, we say like talk business, you know, we don't talk running at the business, at the dinner table. Mm -hmm. We don't like, we really, we really separate it. I think that's what's also like, I can take off my hat, you know, athlete hat, yep. wife hat. Yep. Uh, it's, you can ask him this one day maybe, but I think it's a bit harder for him sometimes only because sometimes it's got to be a little bit harder on me or push me. Right. You know? Yeah. Uh, but for me, it's not, no, I don't find it. No, I can switch hats. Yeah. And, and we don't, we don't talk about running all that much. So we like, we have certain times of the day where we talk about it and then it's like, we're done. Yeah. Okay. No. Cause he has this training too. So I don't know if you, he's a four time Canadian champion. He ran, uh, for Brooks, he ran for a while. He retired in his forties as a master, and now he's a now he's a cyclist. Okay, and he's he's crushing it as a cyclist. Yeah, and didn't he win the Ottawa Marathon one year? He won like the Ottawa Marathon in nineteen ninety nine. Yes, in like two twenty two or something. Yeah, ridiculous. Something. Like yeah. so fast. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. He started running at the age of thirteen, I think. Yeah. Okay. 11, 12, yeah. All right. So. Let's just take a moment to, you know, go back to what we, we often do at the beginning of an episode, which is get our guests to tell us a little bit more about yourself. We just dove right into the race stuff and the running stuff, which is what we love to do. But I think for those that don't know you, could you tell us a little bit more about yourself? Uh, okay. So I'm a mom of two. I have two boys. Raphael is 19 and Noah is 16. Noah is on the autism spectrum. Um, they are both, they're both in school. They're going to be done. Well, Raphael is done. Noah will be done soon. I'm excited because next year he's graduating from high school. Mm. Um, in terms of career, I was a special education teacher working in the adult sector with adults with, uh, special needs for 20, almost 23 years. And I decided to make a big change. So I went back to school in February of this year, full-time, and to get my real estate, my residential real estate brokerage license. Okay. So I've been grinding away at school. I'm in school five hours a day, six days a week, midterms, exams, and projects, and I'll be done July 6th. And then I have to study most of the summer uh, to take the license exam. So like, because there's, there's like the degree, because in Quebec, in this province, it's actually a college degree now. Wow. Okay. okay. Yeah. It's a, it's a five, it's five months full time. I was going to say that seems more intense than what I thought becoming a realtor. Or it's much more <laughs> intense. Yeah. Yes. Yes. It's not, uh, not like it used to be. Um, yeah. And then I take my license exam. So I got to, I have to study five months worth of material, seven classes to take the license exam. Okay. What, what motivated this change? That's a big career change from working in, in special education. So what, what happened there? Yeah. So just like I transformed everything else in my life, that was like, this was like the last piece. I don't know if this could make sense, but you know, when, when what you're doing as a career doesn't really match what, who you are as a person anymore, mm -hmm. it's just like, it's just, just like my involvement, you know? Yeah. And I found post COVID the education system really took a hit. Uh, I mean, I was teaching adults with disabilities on Zoom, I mean, imagine, Ooh, right? Oh yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So that was very difficult. And, um, you know, I lost my teaching position last year, last summer. I did find another one and I'm like, I just don't want to do this anymore. Right. Like, like literally, I just like, literally, that was it. Like, I just don't want to be here anymore. 
I have nothing left to give here. Yeah. Like, and I gave, I gave a lot, you know, and I'm always mm-hmm. going to be an advocate for, for that, for, you know, uh, adults with disabilities and just like I'm an autism advocate, you know, mm-hmm. but I just didn't want to do it anymore. And I've always had a really strong interest in real estate since I was like 14, like always. Mm. Yeah. Um, I've bought and sold. This is my fifth house now. I have a knack for it. Um, I got certified as a home stager oh. about 10 years ago. So I did that on the side for three years. And I, I'm like this. Yeah, this is it. This is what I want to do. You're comfortable. Can you come and stage my home? <laughs> Yes, I could come stage our home. That would be uh, amazing. Thank you. Yeah, we actually just sold Bruce's property, Bruce's house in uh, in Whitby in Ontario. Okay. And uh, that's exactly what I did. It took me two weeks to get the house ready, and it sold in four days. Wow. Excellent. Yeah. So what are you most excited about? Like after you get licensed and you're, you uh, hang up your shingle, uh, yeah. like you're in Montreal, is that right? Is it, You're yeah. going to be working in Montreal? Yeah, on the outskirts. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. What am I most excited about? Being my own boss, uh, starting my own business because it is your own business. Mm-hmm. And um, just like it's, I've always, I find moving is very stressful, right? Mm-hmm. But I always found the whole process of like moving, packing up, looking for a house, buying a very exciting. <laughs> like I get very, very excited. And I, I suffer from anxiety. Like I'm an anxious person uh, in certain, in most, in many situations, but that, that, calms me it's so it's so strange you'd make a good military um, spouse (laughs) yeah maybe yeah I don't know so I can't wait to help people do all that like it's such an exciting time and you can help them change their mindset if they don't think it's an exciting time. That's right. right. You can like, bring I can some help of those them make tools. It, yeah, I can help them make it easier. Yeah. yeah. And like, you know, because for most people, it's the biggest purchase they'll ever make in their Absolutely life. Absolutely right? it is. Yeah. Oh, that's. So, and, and I'm looking forward to like sharing all that on my Instagram too, kind of changing my brand, not changing, but adding to my brand a little bit. Yeah. And, you know, life of a realtor and yeah. I wrote something down uh, from your Instagram that said, being a runner is part of who I am, but it's not all I am. And I think no. you're speaking to this, like you have such a full life outside of running and you have well, so that's many. Another lesson. That's another lesson I had to learn. So was there a point where it started to consume you a little bit and, and take away from some of the other interests you have? Yeah, not necessarily that, but that your self-worth comes from that. Right. Because then what happens when you get an injury or or that or you're not performing at, you know, the way you want or I don't know, whatever, you know. Yeah. Um, So I uh, that, too, was part of my work that I did with um, with Lisa Mm -hmm. Brookman uh, was that like I'm so many other things. We all are. Yes. and And that shouldn't be the only thing that makes you happy. It shouldn't be the only thing that helps you with your mental health. It shouldn't be, you know, we have you have to have other tools and other things that you enjoy. Yeah. yeah. And it's such a great reminder that, you know, you special education served you for the time that it served you. And then when it yeah. didn't, you can change it. <laughs> like, you know, if you're not happy with something. I, I love telling people that you can change your mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, You're allowed to change your mind. Yeah. Our generation uh, has a hard time with that. You know, they say now yeah. the millennial generation, five years max in any job and they'll be gone to yeah. something different. Right. And not just yeah. job, but career. Whereas... <clears throat> You know, our parents, you oh. you chose what you were going to do when you were 14. And that was it until you got your it. watch after 50 years, right? Yeah. So it, there's been quite a shift in the last two generations of, you know, being okay with change and changing your mind. And yeah. it's never too late. Like, exactly. 
Yeah. yeah. What do your kids think about that? Like, that's a, such a great thing to model to your sons, right? Is that I'm not happy here. I'm going to change it. They think it's pretty cool. I don't know. They don't say much. You know, 1916, they don't really, you know, but I think they're watching. They're they're listening. Yeah, yeah, I think they're excited for me. Yeah. 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 Okay. Well, let's maybe go back a little bit. And you you mentioned earlier that you got into running when at the age of eight. I was eight. But you didn't really take it up competitively until much later, like 30, 37, 38, almost. Yeah. So I started running uh, at eight years old. My sister put me in my first race. I come from a very athletic family. My dad was a soccer player in Italy. My sister played volleyball and she was a runner. My older brother was a basketball player. My younger brother had a football scholarship. Anyway, so I come from a very athletic family. So, and even as a child, I played every sport, like every sport there was, every team on in that there was, I was on it. Okay. I did, I, I ran, I ran track 1500 meter and then high school yeah and then my interest kind of changed mm-hmm. so I went to CJ because here we go to CJ college right yeah and then mm-hmm. university I got certified as a personal trainer and a fitness instructor so I kind of veered away from running and I started to get into um uh, heavy heavy lifting so weightlifting kind of dabbled into fitness competitions uh while I was in university I like I said I worked as a personal trainer I taught aqua fitness classes I just like I just veered like in a different you know <laughs> but I always ran like you know you know I would go to the gym lift you know lift and then you know run run on the treadmill you know but I never I never didn't really take it up more more than that right and then when my son got diagnosed with autism that's when I said I gotta start running again <laughs> I just like it just came to me it's just like I need something that's just for me yeah. That only belongs to me because it was at the beginning, it was extremely overwhelming. And, uh, even though I worked in the field, yeah. um, I was in the field. I mean, most of my students are on the autism spectrum, but they're level three. So I don't know if we want to clarify that. I always, I always try to clarify it because so, sure, yeah, please do. So there's like, there's level one, level two, level three. Mm-hmm. So and that's how it's, um, like there's no more Asperger's. There's not meaning. Mm-hmm. Not that there's no more. It's just that in the DSMB, which is the big book of diagnostics, it's now level one, two, or three. And Asperger's would be like level one. One. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Meaning, meaning, you know, I don't like to use the word high functioning, but that's some of the words that are thrown around. But so with no, no intellectual disability, no learning disability. Okay. So then level two requires a bit more support, mm-hmm. you know, and level three is the most support. I'd like to say, um, people, individuals that are most affected. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Okay. And so you were working with level three and three. your son was yeah, level one. 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 Okay. One. But yeah. So anyway, so it was very, very overwhelming and I'm like, okay, I need to, I need to start running again. And I started running again. I just started running. I was like, <laughs> like consistently and you know, a lot. And then I hired a coach. I'm like, okay, maybe I should start racing. <laughs> I start racing and I, I just signed myself up for like a that actually was the Ottawa half marathon and then it was like history after that I was 37 I was like because you know I had to wait till he was a little older both my kids were older because Raphael was three so I had a toddler at home too and uh I waited till you know I waited and uh I was busy you know so yeah so it's only been well only been now I'm 40 so yeah about 10 years that I'm really Right. Okay. So do you think that there's advantages then to, because pretty much um, what I've, I've heard is that, and I don't know how true this is, but you know, no matter when you take up running, you're probably, if you dedicate to it, you know, you're probably going to get better for the next 
decade or so. Well, my training, well, my training age is young. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So you've been, you know, your training age is probably 10 or 15 or or something like that. Right. right? And couple that with the fact that women tend to peak later in their life anyway. Right. And so you're still probably on that upward slope. That's what the most recent research is saying. Mm-hmm. So do you think that there's advantages to, to that, like having waited longer and, or, or do you not really think about well, that? I mean, like you started when you started. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It is what it is. Uh, actually, I, some, uh, unfortunately, I think the opposite sometimes, like not, not regret, but I just kind of wonder, you know, how things would have went if I would have started early, earlier or someone would have, you know, believed in me like yeah. Bruce believes in me, yeah. um, at a younger age or like, you know, after track, when I was running all that, if I would have just stuck with it. Right. Yeah. I but know. it also depends where you grew up, right? Like it's not big here. Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like it's not, it's just not like our universities don't even have track teams. Like, yeah. Oh, wow. In Quebec, okay. in Quebec. No. So unless you're part of a, you know, a private track club or, you know, but I guess I just, my, anyway, my, my life did not lead me that way. So for whatever yeah. reason. Yeah. And, and and it's not really productive to sort of think about like no no it's but. not even as a is a as a like a downer it's just I'm just curious like oh yeah imagine, you know but right but it wasn't meant it wasn't meant to be that's how I see it exactly yeah okay what's next on your radar I think you said you've got something possibly coming up in in maybe the fall or you said that the first elite race that you competed as a, was in as Philly. a master was in Philly and you ran a half marathon there. Tell us about that one. And, and do you have any plans I loved to Philly. destroy that time? <laughs> yes. So, well, I think what's not, I was thinking maybe of heading to Toronto on the 17th. There's a, um, the Under Armour 10K. 10K, yeah. But I don't think logistically it's going to work out because we have other, we're too busy. But uh, I will definitely do some local 5 uh, K's and 10 K's mm-hmm. here at the end of the summer. And then, uh, I don't know, I'm looking for a half, but I don't know, just because we're trying to plan. A, we never went on a honeymoon. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Cause of my foot and because of other things. And so we're trying to plan that. And then I have my license exam. So like, there's a lot of, yeah. Right. Life. <laughs> but as, yeah, as for a fall marathon, I, I would like, I hopefully I'm heading back. I'm heading to Philadelphia. Okay. I'm very excited. I don't know if you ladies have ever been to that. It's a fantastic race. It's a fantastic event. I've never done the full, the I mean, marathon. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a good, it's good timing because it's, uh, the third week of November, third weekend in November. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's great timing. I seriously considered that one. No risk of 30 degrees. Yeah. You know, Cause yeah. even, even September, I mean, October, no, but I mean, September marathons, yeah. you risk that too. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. but I just love Philly. I loved it there. We have good vibes there, good energy there. And I love the city. I'm crossing my fingers that that's where I'm going. Well, I will be excited to follow along and see how you do there. Uh, And you, you did a 127 half and you think sometime you want to go out and uh, see if you can improve on that half marathon. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's in me. It's in me. I just haven't had an opportunity to, yeah, we're thinking, well, for a half, but it wouldn't be till next January. There's a great um, half marathon in Naples, Florida Mm. on January 15th. So Mm -hmm. I think that's, I might be headed there. Okay. Yeah. Could that awesome. be the honeymoon? 
<laughs> no, because I have the honeymoon. The thing I actually wanted to do the half in Toronto, so the Toronto waterfront. Mm-hmm. But that was the only weekend that the only week that Bruce can get away for from work. So that's our honeymoon week. That's okay. why it's 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 complicated anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So. yeah. No, it's it's the the puzzle that we all understand. Yeah. We we only have one. We yeah yeah. We only have one week. We only we only have one week, and we got to fit it in like that. Okay. The beginning of October. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Well, we like to throw some rapid fire questions at you to end yeah. the podcast, and I came up with some fun ones that have never been heard before, just oh. for you. Oh, so. so are you okay. ready? Are, are you timing me? Are you timing no, 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 me? No, no, no. <laughs> okay, no. <laughs> this is not part of the race. <laughs> I know, right? It's like a game show. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. Okay. So All first right. question, what color are your nails today? They are, they're pink and pink. So like it's a light pink with a bright pink French. Ooh. Okay. Cause I read on your Instagram that you change your nail color every, every three, weeks. three weeks, three weeks, three weeks, everyone. Yeah. Those are very beautiful. I like those. And do, do the toenails match? Yes. Okay. Of course. Do they always match? No. Okay. No. Sometimes I just do a different color. Okay. And you do this yourself or you go get them done? No, no, no. I go get them done. Okay. It's, it's part of my self, it's part of my self care. You know what? I started doing that a few. One thing ago. I do for myself. Yeah. 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 I love getting my nails done. It's such a treat. Now that I'm not a practicing oh, yeah. physio, well, I'm practicing, but now I don't, I can have slightly longer nails now. Uh-huh. It's like, wow, special. I get it. Yeah. Okay. Next question. Um, if you could only have one of the following for the rest of your life, which would it be? Cadbury cream egg or peanut butter? You guys, you looked at money. You looked me up. Those are my two favorite things. Okay. You have to choose one. Okay. Peanut butter, peanut butter. Okay. Mm. I get all the Cadbury cream eggs. <laughs> um, okay. You are stuck on a deserted island with one of the following two people. Someone who is super loud and obnoxious or somebody wearing strong perfume. Who would you choose? Oh my goodness. That's a good one, Carol. These are so good. I can't tolerate perfume at all, but I can't tolerate a lot of obnoxious people either. <laughs> you can have earplugs. Well, yeah, the loud obnoxious person I can work on. So the loud obnoxious per- right. person. The perfume, <laughs> I just can't. Yeah. All right. Oh my goodness. Hopefully I say this right. What are Ponya bands and describe your favorite one? Oh, so the Ponya bands are... So these two uh, ladies, they started this company. They're headbands. They're sweatbands and headbands. They're fashionable and functionable. If you look at my Instagram, I wear them in all my races. I wear them every time I train. They do not move. I'm telling you, I train 40 degree weather. They don't move. Running fast, they don't move. And they just soak up all my sweat. My sweat. And they're fashionable and they're adorable. And I just love supporting them. I love endorsing them. Because, you know, it's just two women that started this and they're made by hand and they're made, they're made with bamboo terry cloth. Mm. Oh, you got to see. Which one's my favorite? Oh, my goodness. I don't know. <laughs> I have so many. I love hearts and stars. So maybe the one with the hearts, all the hearts and the one with all the stars on them. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> I, I have a lot. You have a lot. And and I had never heard of these before. Some. I'm going to because I love wearing headbands. Like I get these flyaways and I can't stand it when I have hair That's, in none my... None of this will happen. Yes. And I... I they don't move. But some of them fall off and I'll like be finished my run and now... Oh, where's my headband now? No. So these ones are sticky, right? Well, no, if you... it's No, it's the way they're placed. So if you place it properly, like exactly like they tell you, like you okay. put it right... 
it will not move. And then, well, they have different types, right? So they have the sweatbands mm -hmm. and then they have like, you know, the headbands that you could wear like to work and work yeah. every day. Okay. I'm going to look into it. You hear, yeah. heard it here first. Ponya. Is it, how do you pronounce it? Ponya? I think Ponya? it's Ponya. Ponya, Ponya band. Ponya. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, you can use my, you can use my code for 15% off. Oh, great. Angela run 15. Okay. We'll, we'll also put yeah. it in the show notes. Okay. Final question. If you could take a class in anything, what would it be? Interior design. Mm. Sounds like you're already good at that though. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm just, it'd be nice to take a class in it. Yes. Just learn the basics. Yeah. Okay. Well, Angela, those are fantastic questions. Well, I was snooping around on your Instagram. You put some great stuff. I'm going to put the, your Instagram handle actually, if Thank you want to say it. Um, are you that. open to people following you on there? Of course. Yeah. yeah. It's just at Angela Machocha. It's my name. Perfect. Yeah. We'll put that in the show yeah. notes too. Angela, thank you so much oh, for coming on. It's been a delight talking to you. You ladies are amazing. Congratulations again on thank Ottawa you. and best of luck with everything you have coming up in 2023. Thank you. 